0: Hello, and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with wise, the person that never just yaks or yammers, the yummy Mary (laughs) Abajay.
1: Hey Chris DeSantis! Hey everybody! I'm the Yummy Mary Abajay, and you know I'm kind of embarrassed because uh, if I was going to introduce my co-host to you, I would say Chris DeSantis, who is yummy, yummy, yummy in my tummy, tummy, tummy of a co-host. So (laughs) clearly, we don't have a lot of creativity with our Y's. Y's are
0: tough. Y's are right up there with X's. You know what I'm saying? They're They're tough.
1: But I like the way you when you say. You know, with starting with wise, it almost sounded like you were
0: calling me wise. Oh, starting with wise. I should have, I should have just said, starting with wise, Mary (laughs) Abbagee. Now that is an introduction. I love it. That would have been a good. So
1: that would make that a homophone, right? Isn't that when one thing sounds like another? I th- is that what that is? I, I, think was, was a I never homophone. get that
0: rote. Yeah, I like that. Although this has a certain erotic name. Here, I know right? it does.
1: I can remember like being in the second or third grade and knowing my grammar terms like down flat. I was such a little grammar nerd, and now I barely know what a dangling, dangling participle is.
0: Well, it's like poetry <laughs> as well. You know, you know uh, iambic pentameter. I remember <laughs> the phrase.
1: It's kind of, one of those things where you got to use it or lose it, right? Lose
0: it. I know, and I've lost it. I've lost it. Well, it's- how's How's life treating you?
1: Life is treating us very well here in washington, d c. And you know, uh, my husband and I are getting ready to go abroad, ish mm. uh, next month. we are going to uh we're going to Ireland for three weeks. And so wow. I know really very excited. i I was trying to get him on a plane for a long time. This is our first vacation since the pandemic. And you know, he didn't really want to go abroad. and so I was trying to think of fun places to go. And I said, well, how about have a Hawaii? And my husband looks at me, Chris DeSantis. He looks (laughs) me dead in the eye and says, are you telling me that a woman your age is going to go spend three weeks in the sun?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think he nailed it. I think
2: he nailed it. And
1: my first thought was, fuck you. And then I thought, well, you know what? You might be right." right. So his parameters are one plane ride, less than seven hours, and we have to stay three weeks. So Ireland fit the bill.
0: It's perfect, it's it's perfect. Per- and you're going to go all around the country, because it's not a large place, yeah, right? We're, yeah,
1: we're going to go all around the country, so we're really looking forward to it, uh, and I am... I'm actually half Irish, which I never really talk about, because oh, the yeah. more interesting side of me is my Syrian side. The Syri- so, yes, the Syrian right, side. right. So anyway, in honor but- of our global trip, uh, I have pulled together from our listeners three questions that are on the international or global end. So these are questions about people that are either working internationally, want to work internationally, or trying to figure out how to deal with the international uh, crowd at their workplace office. Uh, Chris, you, you do some international work, don't you?
0: Yeah, I get lucky every every year. Well, Actually, not since the pandemic, but normally every year somebody says, come on over. And so I've had, I've been to Dublin, actually, as a consequence. Yeah, I spoke in Dublin and... It's been it, that's a lovely city, by the way. And but I've gotten to Rome and Vienna, and I would not have gotten to Europe had it not been for people saying, Come over to Europe, and, and we'll think, wow. pay you to do so, and we'll pay you.
1: Yeah, I don't get a lot of international trips. I got to go speak at NATO last year, and I, yeah, you know, right, Canada a handful of times. Right. Uh, I almost had a gig uh, in not Dubai, but one of those, oh, it was um, Qatar. Uh, mm. And but then they said, Yeah, we'll fly you economy. <laughs>
0: I'm not going. (laughs)
1: No. No, exactly. I mean, because like you want me to fly all the way to Qatar. And by the way, Qatar, you're loaded. And like, and you're not even going to put me in business class. Like that's just, that's just too much. So it was too long. I I mean, if it had been like Denver, I've been like, fine. Like I'll fly economy in Denver, but I'm not flying economy halfway around the world.
0: No. What's that? 20 hours in in a, in a, in a coach seat.
1: Oh my God. Right. It would just be, Oh, oh, it would be like awful. Um, and plus you don't, like when you go for work, you can't go for three weeks. You literally have to right. go there and come back. Right. So it's yeah. very exhausting. Anywho, I'm sure our listeners love to hear about-
0: <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs>
1: about our pansy asses not wanting to fly economy <laughs> across the world. So uh, um, so Chris, uh, so you're the perfect person to take the first crack at these questions. So if good. you are ready, the first question is from someone call, who's calling themselves not enthralled with being one call in Milwaukee.
2: Hi, I like your podcast, and so maybe you can help. I work for a company that has offices in Asia, the U.S., and France. The problem is that the organizational leaders aren't in the U.S. This means I have to attend virtual meetings at all hours. I have a newborn at home, and while I can work from home, I'm not getting any sleep. It's hard enough raising a child 24-7. What can I do to get my bosses on board with having meetings that don't start at 4 in the morning or 11 o'clock at night? signed not enthralled with being on call in milwaukee wow you know if i
1: find interesting about this chris before you answer is mm. that usually the complaints come from the people in asia and in europe having to right. like uh uh you know align with the u.s time so right. anyway uh what do you think about this what would you say to enthralled
0: well not uh, first enthralled. of all yeah first of all i, I wouldn't be enthralled either I, I think you first have to find out who knows you and also who knows your situation. Mm. I think they have to have some context for you though. Because um, you wanna talk to these bosses about your challenges that you are facing. And, and, when, and, and the real question here is, when does the reasonable become unreasonable? This mm. is about setting boundaries, right? One thing I think is interesting, and I don't know anything about this, but I would look into the labor laws in France, which are probably highly protective, <laughs> highly protective. And I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't vocalize those, but it's a nice reference point in the back of your mind saying, okay, what are they allowed to do there? Because France has uh, m- more strict rules around how many hours you're allowed to work and so forth. Not that, I would, not that I would call them out on that, but I would like to know that as a backdrop relative to what their expectations would be locally. Uh, The other thing I would do, and this is where I think um, in the situation you are in, I'm thinking in terms of, look, get the agendas in advance as much as possible. If you can get the agenda of what you'll be talking about, what they'll be talking about in advance, what you would pull is what uh, Jeff Bezos calls a one pager. And the one pager is, this is an Amazon procedure, is that everyone who's coming to the meeting summarizes in one page before they get to the meeting what they're going to be talking about. So, in that sense, if you start to submit your one-pagers and let them circulate around before the meeting and say to them, in effect, look, uh, meetings that happen after this point in time, I will not actively participate in, but... I will follow up with and then you pick one of the attendees who you think is more convivial to your situation and come up to speed with what they said. So basically the minutes taker is the person you come up to speed with. So I, I'm I'm saying that you're not saying no to this. You're you're giving them an alternative that stays within some kind of level of reasonableness, but also an idea that they might like in terms of, you know, I would say uh facilitating these meetings in a way that shortens them and makes it more accessible to all. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway.
1: Anything That's... I no I take. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. So I like that. So it's about trying to if I could kind of sum up, I think yeah. for my caveman mind. It's about like getting some uh, agency around like how the meetings are run, finding yes. like the wiggle room for you. Yeah uh, things like that. Yeah. You know, I found this really hard and you know it's You know, I think she kind of has three choices, right? She can either stay and just suck it up, right? Right. She can, uh, find a job that's more convenient for her time zone in her life, you know, because this is an international company. It may not be the right fit for her. Uh, or B, as you said, take some active steps to set boundaries to request a different schedule, you know, so I agree with you. Like, I don't know who knows about her situation. Uh, or has she tried to go to her boss and say, listen, I love my job. I love working with you all. The meeting schedule is untenable for me. And, you know, what can I do in order to like, here's when I can meet and here's when I can't meet. She could try getting one of those ai chat bots you know that can attend in her presence and like take notes um but i I do like what you said about like finding out you know the agenda of the meeting ahead of time maybe even pushing back in some meetings saying you know like is my attendance really required or what is it you need to know from me but i think to be honest if she can't change the schedule it may not be the right job for her so if it's a large company it probably is it's global is there another role she can take uh until her 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 personal situation opens up a little bit more uh one that doesn't require so much international communication you know i recently did a, a a program on um uh, internal mobility. And sometimes you we have to take a step back, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In order to take a step forward. And so maybe she should think about finding a role in her company that's still a good role, but that's going to allow her to actually get some f-ing sleep.
0: No, I, I think those are th- those are uh, reasonable things to do. But I'm thinking too in terms of inertia, that yeah. uh, companies are big companies are creatures of habit, and so the habit of a meeting is the meeting, regardless yeah. of actual. I would I would I wouldn't be surprised if everyone had some thoughts about how we can organize this meeting, but because there's a sort of like this is what we've always done, we'll do this. Yeah. And by the way, if if everyone is on this call at some weird hour, nobody's thinking about. Okay. How do we reexamine this? How do we do this more efficient? They're thinking, how can I get off of this thing? Okay. Got this damn call.
1: No, you're right. And I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, so there's her setting the boundaries, but then also like raising the question, like, are these meetings helpful for everybody? And what are we really doing? And I think a lot of companies get in the habit of just inviting everybody to their meetings. And so, like, really finding out whether or not her, her attendance, she didn't say so in her, in her, um, in her question, but really how valuable, like, if it wasn't at 11 o'clock at night or four in the morning does she find that meeting valuable anyway
0: exactly exactly. well the other thing too is why doesn't she volunteer to run a meeting and then organize it around the (laughs) how she would like it to say you know i'm going to experiment here what i'm going to do is ask everybody for the one pager you know you basically these are the four items we're going to talk about i'd like to get your thoughts in advance i'll circulate those items i'll keep this meeting under 30 minutes we'll we'll, we'll talk about what we so we don't have to tell each other we will already know when we step into this little event
1: yeah i think that's right um yeah. So should we should we gave her a couple of choices. One I think well, so changing too. the structure of the meeting, changing right. her attendance, uh setting some boundaries. Right. Um, or maybe finding a different position that is going to be more uh amenable to right. having a newborn at home. Like that's yeah. a lot of work. Um and so yeah, because my fear for her is she's just gonna burn burn out and get bitter and angry and then she's you know, that will stall her career
0: anyway. I agree. With you. But the other thing is come forward with a p- possible solution before yeah. you bring forward just the, just the t- problem you're facing. Yeah, uh, And it's, they look for the solution. So what do you want us to do? So provide an alternative is a good idea.
1: I wonder if there's anyone else, uh, who is stateside that's also struggling with that. So oh, that's, you, a, know it. so if, uh, you know, because I'm sure nobody's happy around the world with the time. No one wants to do a four o'clock meeting anywhere. Um, and, And if it's at four AM, but like she could also go to some of her US based colleagues uh and say, you know, kinda there's there's strength in numbers and kind of brainstorm some solutions, some ideas.
0: Yes, because this can't be the she cannot be the only one who has thought about the the difficulty of this.
1: Well, you know, and the challenge is Asia. (laughs)
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) Because
1: that's a 12-hour difference. Like it's really, it's impossible to make both sides happy. Um, I mean, that's really, really challenging. So um, I mean, Europe is hard enough because there's the six hour. But if you're in California, Europe is nine hours from you. Like that's really challenging.
0: Look, I've spoken to Asia a number of times and they want me to come on to the call at 10 at night. Yeah. And, And I said, I can, you know, that's the end of what I can do. I, yeah. I, I'm just not the guy that's going to come on, at, you know, at midnight and say, "Let's have a talk."
1: Yeah. I know. So, it breaks my heart because there's a lot of I've turned down actually a lot of virtual opportunities in India just because oh, we can't right. make we can't make the time and I would love to do some stuff in India, but nice. unless they fly me over there, like the, you're right, the time like I am not my best at eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> no, you know, not or even no. at nine o'clock at night. I'm I'm pretty done.
0: So I'm exactly right. Done and done. Done and done. Done and so. done. Yeah. So we've like ma- this question.
1: We've managed to conquer a lot in this world, but we haven't conquered time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like, the time and space continuum still seems to elude our ability to control it.
0: No, maybe they should have more than one meeting.
1: Maybe they, sh- maybe they should, with <laughs> Europe being the middleman. So, all right. So, well, right. hopefully, we've given some ideas to going uh, to not enthrall. But there really isn't going to be an easy nah. solution. So, good luck with that one. Uh, are you ready for question number two? Yes, please. All right. This is from offended but not befriended in
2: Atlanta. (laughs) Hello. As Americans, you might be able to answer this. I'm working on a consulting project in the U.S. We are a boutique IT firm based in India. My U.S. clients insist we go out all the time after work. I've learned that they have a number of misperceptions about India some of which are offensive being the only woman on the team and coming from a country that adheres to the organizational hierarchy how can i correct them without coming across as not being a team player in the american sense signed offended but not befriended in atlanta wow that's that's an interesting it's a it's a tough situation for
0: her you know she's she's sort of like a a fish out of water in so many capacities, right? Out of the country, in an, uh, an, um, sort of surrounded by Americans, as the woman on a tech team. I mean,
1: how many... <laughs> Talk about being the one only, the one only, the one only. Oh my gosh,
0: yeah, yeah this is tough. Well, I, let me start off. I, my thoughts were pretty clear on this. I thought, look, you're not offending when you're teaching. And so what I'm hearing is they don't know. This is ignorance or misconceptions about what they should know that they don't. So here, my idea is, is sort of holistic, because let's play with this team thing, right? Take the team out and, and do a special night of Indian culture immersion. Take them to a really nice Indian restaurant, if you can find a really nice Indian restaurant wherever you are, but take them to an Indian restaurant and say, that, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through a, a typical Indian business dinner and how it is conducted. And I'm going to sort of tell you what's what works in terms of our own etiquette. And then maybe we can talk about, you know, some of the misconceptions about what you might have of us and what we as Indians might have of you in the U.S. So uh, I think that would get sort of set the stage because then it becomes fun. It becomes fun and because you're talking about, oh, no, no, don't don't eat that or this is what we do with this. Oh, no, no. In our world. The boss is the one who does this, whatever this is, because it's more hierarchical there. And so this idea when you said, oh, such and such about this, you would never say that at one of our meetings, because you are not going to be asked that question, and you're not supposed to volunteer it. You see, my point would be she's letting them in on to what are normative behaviors and the expectations of that, and also some of the myths about India that she'll dispel without being accusatory. I think it's a good way. The, The last thing I'll say about this is, look, you are probably not the only diverse member of that team, although I bet you are the most uh, sort of have the most diverse uh, aspects in terms of accumulation, you could then suggest, hey, look, I don't know much about your country and I know, hey, Bob, I know you're from Georgia and I understand Georgia is very different than New York City. I don't know what those differences are. Can we do a Georgia night or can we do a New York City? So my point would be bring them into the mix so they start talking about their own cultures in a way that brings the team together where we learn from each other. Anyway, that's what I'm
1: thinking. Oh, that sounds like fun. Can we do it at an Indian restaurant?
0: Yes, that's what I was saying. I want to be at an Indian restaurant. <laughs> well, oh, when I'm doing India, like if I'm doing New York City, I don't want to, I mean, it probably doesn't make as much sense.
1: I love <laughs> Indian food. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to befriend offended, but not befriended. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I love that idea. It's fun. It's fresh. Yeah. It's very culture. It's very culturally sensitive. It, it, it's a great way to teach people without offending them. Uh, uh, mine was much more direct. I was like, you know, <laughs> oh, just just set these assholes straight. You know,
0: <laughs> I knew that was coming.
1: In the nicest way possible. (laughs) So, you know, I'm thinking you can use expressions like... Oh, well, I see how you might think that all Indians are X, Y, Z. In yeah. reality, this is much more the case. Or, right. you know, a lot of Americans think that, but that's kind of an old thinking. That might have been true for us in the 1920s, but then, you know, in the t- 2020s, here's really what it looks like. Um, or in my experience, I just, really haven't noticed that about Indians. Um, or you could be like, you might be surprised to know that, you know, 51% of uh, Indian women are, you know, professionals or, or whatever, like, like yeah. kindly restate with some facts using terms like uh, "in my experience" or "oh, you know that's actually a common misperception." So I would I would go kind of straight at it. Um,
0: I like that. I think that's an elegant way of correcting them. Sort of it doesn't it doesn't sound accusatory. It sounds like well, you know maybe you haven't thought of this. Uh, you know how's that? Yeah, and, like,
1: and you know India a big honking yeah. country, so right. you can say like, "Well, that's true for those from the south." <laughs>
0: Right, 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 exactly. But up
1: in the North, we're much more like this. I mean, think about American culture. Like, if you had to explain, if you were like, if you were in Europe, and I have been when I was there for my personal stuff, like in the 1980s, I went to uh, school in Scotland for a year, and Mm. Scotland was overrun with Texans, right? Um, Because of all the oil up near Aberdeen. Oh, right. And uh, so I had to very (laughs) directly... Uh, educate people about the difference of Americans and Texans.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is this is so true. It's so common. On the inside of something, we see the nuance of difference. Yeah. On the outside, we we sort of aggregate yeah. and say, "Oh, that must be Americans." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No. Especially
1: since we are loud, but Texans oh, are really loud. Really loud.
0: Really <laughs> loud. And oh, by the way, you know how we get louder when when we don't know your language. <laughs>
1: Or even worse, when we know just like one word and we keep oh, screaming yeah. that word over and over. Uh, s'il <laughs> vous plaît, s'il vous plaît, s'il vous <laughs> plaît. And then we, may, we use French with an Italian accent. S'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, I'll tell you another thing that Americans do that, uh, that I because I lived in uh, Spain for a year and it's, it's habitual with Americans, is that we, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? is the cuz that is such an American thing to say and it's really about the identity that we have and they don't identify themselves with the work they do as the pr- first priority of who they are.
1: And you know, and I I totally know that and I don't know how the hell people talk to each other in foreign countries if you yeah, don't know, no, what know what somebody does. Do, like yeah. I cuz I think cuz we are so work-centric here like yes. I want to know what everybody does and that's how I'm going to find a way to talk to them. So, no, you I know. Get it. It's our entree. It's our entree. And it is really sad. But whenever I hear that, I would be like, how did you ever have a conversation with somebody without knowing what they do? So I'm going to, when we go to Ireland, I'm going to actually not ask anybody what they do. uh, And I'm going to see if I can't find other ways to make friends.
0: Well, if you did something, what might it be?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What will you be doing tomorrow between, oh, nine and (laughs) five?
0: (laughs) <laughs> when you're not in a leisurely event, what do you do?
1: <laughs>
0: okay, so That's offended, funny.
1: not befriended. You're gonna, you're gonna do some very uh, gracious re-education yes. of right. your American teammates. The other thing is, they are her clients, so she does have to be a little bit careful. So I think, I think we were both very nice about. Yes, her it's stuff. exactly yeah. right.
0: She's got to be the hostess with the mostess.
1: There you go. All right. Good luck, offended. All right. Are you ready for question number three? Yes, please. This one is called Anchors Away, and it goes
2: a little something like this. Hi, Mary and Chris. I was hoping you could give me some advice on how to get transferred from my U.S. location to our offices in London. I work in the diversity space of, quote, big law. We have over 1,800 lawyers in the U.S., Canada, and various European countries with London as the main office. I'm a single African-American female, and I have never been out of the U.S. I would love to work overseas, and I'd be happy to take a pay cut to do it. My boss is on board, but she said I'd have to make a case and present it to the MP in the London office. Any tips as to how I can sell them on bringing me on board? Signed, Anchors away in LA. <laughs> oh. This
0: is a great question. That. Yeah, I love that. And I would love to be able to do right? that by the way. Wouldn't you love to have a, a year abroad as I would. A, you know, in London? Well, you've done it already in Scotland. Yeah, but, but like not work? as a
1: working person, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that would be great. And I also think uh, as I looked at this I said this is a campaign.
1: So Ooh, uh, yes. I mean,
0: it's it's not an ev- it's not an event, not a quick interview, it's a campaign. I would say a couple things. One is who do you already know in London? Who do you already know? So that, and then you once you already know them, you start to put out some feelers about what what is the likelihood, and what are the how do you have any other people that come in from other offices? What are the criteria you use? You know, use leverage who she knows, right? And then I would also uh, arrange and call, you know, sort of find out about what are the diversity priorities in in Europe. Mm-hmm. because i think that's important because you're going to eventually have this conversation hopefully with this mp and then if you find out who the mp if you know who the mp is and you have contacts in london i would also ask them is what's this person's style what is important to them how do they interact with others what is their thoughts about the americans and what you know what are the pros and cons of somebody like me coming over there <laughs> through the sense of, through their perception. Mm -hmm. So I think, so do some homework. Uh, um, By the way, I I like the idea of what are their communication styles? You know, how do they come across with others? How do I have to adapt myself to meet some of that? I think that helps a lot. The other point, and this is the most important thing to do, is what's your business case? Mm -hmm. What's your? Why would I pay for you? First of all, I, I will say this to you. Do not offer up a pay cut. If you're bringing value, you're bringing value. Let's not talk about that, because you're saying is, I'm going to make up for what I'm, you're losing. That's what you're telling them. I'm going to make up for the, the loss of having me over there. And so you're not doing that. You're saying, uh, what am I doing in terms of, A, you're in diversity. I'm going to help you reduce attrition by X by saving you Y meaning that look I'm going to help you because I'm going to keep them more engaged I'm going to help you in attracting clients or not clients diverse candidates that stay so I'll help in these uh, honing the selection process I also think uh, you would say look what we do in the United States we've done to this point is we've trained you or we we've done sessions that have been Uh, What Zoom-based or virtual sessions, I can do those live in the office. So your London office doesn't have to come on board at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. to listen to this. We do it at the hours that are appropriate to them, and we do it in the office, and we address it, what the needs are particular. So what I would become is I tailor the solutions to a European-centric audience in a live format at the time that suits them. I think he'd like, all, or she would like all of those things. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Really.
1: Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think you covered it perfectly. You know, I, I start with, you know, you got to make the case like you did. Yeah. I, and I definitely like that you called it a campaign because she's going to have to get kind of a whole, you know, the more oh, yeah. people that she can start like seeding this idea into and getting yeah. known, really important. I think you have to start with finding out like what are their biggest challenges yeah. as well as their goals? Like, what are they struggling with? And quite frankly, I would... um I would also think about what else can she do besides diversity because oh, here's good. why right, it's because right. she will be a two for them like a double yeah. trouble but good um- one. America Diversity officers are dropping like flies because mm. corporations are not putting the money into it anymore. Uh, mm. It's stressful. Diversity people aren't, uh, they're getting burned out in their roles and dis, um, disillusioned because a lot of corporations, they just talk the talk. They don't walk the walk. Right. And so I think that it's a smart move to go abroad right now because I think the, the diversity roles in America are going to look kind of shaky for a while. Uh, but that's why I definitely recommend that she has some something else that she can offer as well, whether it's employee engagement, whether it's, you know, overall retention, whatever it is to shoulder up on that diversity side in case Europe starts to go the way of America and starting to like pull back on diversity.
0: Well, you bring up a very interesting point because, again, this has relates to the generational diversity or, a, in the sense that I believe that corporations and, and law firms in particular and any professional service firms are going to create the role of, if they don't already have it, is a chief wellness officer. Mm-hmm. And the chief wellness officer is going to be responsible not just for your physical well-being but your emotional and some, uh, I will say tangentially, your spiritual well uh, health. So in that sense this holistic version because the young the new young gen z is really comfortable talking about what uh, what basically uh, mental health issues and so platform talking about what mm-hmm. is stressing me out and why it's stressing me out and what are we going to do about that here and what are your what is your commitment to that if she can get ahead of the game Love it. by d- doing this in advance she creates uh, as the circumstance that it becomes the model. By the way, all these firms look for models of others. She's creating that model uh, on the fly. She should point.
1: pitch herself as wellness and diversity, or yes, wellness exactly. and inclusion. I love that. You know, I read an article, and you probably read this because you're you're the uh, generational expert. Uh, <laughs> but when Gen Z gets stressed out, do you know what they do? No. They speak in British accents.
0: No, I didn't hear <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: They they go no, oh they cup don't. of tea darling oh what would you and they say when they speak in a British accent it really lowers their stress level it's like this big thing with Gen Z really? that to manage stress they find that speaking speaking in with a British accent a fake British accent helps like make them wow. laugh and reduces their stress
0: well uh, I think cheerio Madonna darling was, yeah Madonna was ahead of the curve then <laughs> yes, she, she, was. she did that <laughs> she, wow she's a trendsetter all right That's so before crazy. we
1: go let me hear your fake British accent.
0: Okay. Okay, mate. No, that sounds Australian, right? Right? Right. No. That's
1: Australian, right? That's
0: Australia, right? Okay. Oh, I don't know. No, I can't. Oh, well, that was oh,
1: good. I, you were on a... Oh, I don't oh, know, darling. Oh, oh, I don't
0: know. Oh, I don't know. It's a lovely day. <laughs> it's a rather a <laughs> lovely day. It's a bit damp, don't you imagine? It's a bit damp out there. Thought, should you be putting on a shawl? Let's see. By the way, I don't have any lemon. Can you... Will, 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 will a squirt of lime do for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my God. Chris DeSantis, that was outstanding. I love it. All right, so thank you for sharing that with me thank you oh, yeah. our listeners uh for listening today of course a big uh, cheerio and thank you to our amazing <laughs> overworked underpaid producer mr jock edgar uh if you have a workplace question or a cubicle dilemma oh do give us a shout no questions too easy and no question is too naughty there are lots of ways to reach us you could Email us to infocubicleconfidential.com. You could tweet us with that cute little Twitter at Confide one or connect with us on LinkedIn. Darlings, we're everywhere. Chris DeSantis and Mary Abogay. And until we see you next time, we want you to work hard, be kind, and if you get stressed out, bring out your best British accent, darlings. It will help you. And if none of that works, what should they do, Chris DeSantis?
0: Oh do call us tata <laughs> tata <laughs>